Hello, you're listening to We've Made It, brought to you by Gathered.how. I'm Sarah Orme. Do you ever feel as though you're stuck and you just can't find the motivation to be creative? This week, Zoe and I will be talking about how to get through creative block and find new ideas. On with the show. So what should we talk about today, Sarah? Well, today I think we're going to talk about creative block which I think is something yes. that everybody gets at some point. And I was reading an article about this, and some people can get creative block for years. Oh, I feel like I've been one of those people in the past. Yeah. Well, the article said it can last days, it can last weeks, it can last years. And I think it gave um, an example of F. Scott Fitzgerald, who wrote The Great Gatsby. Apparently, he suffered from creative block for a really, really long time. But I'm sure... <laughs> people people listening to this are not going to get it as bad as he did I'm sure yeah so in this podcast we will be talking about what happens when you get those ebbs and flows in your crafting um some some ideas some of ours and some of other people's for what might help and just talking about our own experiences of when that's happened yeah just yes so we'll, yes. yeah we'll be <laughs> yeah so we'll be we'll be talking a bit about what you can do, practical things, things maybe you can take from other areas. So what can you learn from artists, for example? They have lots of great tips for yes. breaking creative block because they must get it a lot. Um, yeah. So a tip to start off with, which is my one, which is just if you're feeling stuck with something, leave it. Yes. Which, uh, because I think for most of us, there's not, a time frame there's not a deadline to whatever it is you're making so leave it go do anything else literally anything else and when you come back to your project you're going to feel a lot better about it because I I know I don't know about you Zoe but I sometimes get really frustrated when I'm making something say if it's taking a long time or maybe I might be struggling a bit with the technique and if you do that you just stop enjoying it so I think go away even if it's just for a couple of hours and then come back, that can make a real difference. What do you find helpful? Um, yeah, I mean, as as you say, I also um, have various projects that get stuck, I suppose, at different stages. I, I think when we talk about creative block, I think of it in two different ways. Like one being, I don't know about you, but whether you have that almost a seasonality to your creativity and your making. So I have periods where I am very I suppose productive where I'm making a lot of different projects really enjoying it really sort of in the zone and then I would probably have maybe not maybe not years but certainly months on end where I don't pick pick things up to craft as much so there's that and then there's also like you say when you have an individual project and I mean I've been known to leave those indefinitely I mean I've made I know you said there's no deadline but I've made a lot of baby gifts I think I mentioned this before, and they have a real hit and miss. I'd say it's a 50-50 whether any of them even get finished, let alone given by the date. My, I tried to make a black work, a massive black work mono, monogram of my best friend's baby's initial. And it was cross-stitch. That was it, not black work. And it was literally thousands of, of black cross-stitches. Like when I started stitching it, it was like a massive L for Layla and... It was just row upon row of black cross. It was the most boring thing I've ever stitched. And I got about probably a third of the way through and I just thought, I can't do, 
life's too short for this and stopped. And I'm a very patient cross-stitcher usually. Yeah, I think sometimes if it's something really repetitive, it can grind you down a bit. I think that's. <laughs> I think it can be a bit soul destroying, and it's it's like okay for the next two hundred rows, do this, and I think you lose the will to live a little bit. But... Yeah, and I think then as well, breaking it down into smaller chunks can help. I know I've used my first example has been one that I actually never broke through the creative block for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, top tip: just give up. No, not really. Um, yeah, so certainly I find when I do um, paper-pieced quilts where they're, they're ultimately you're going to stitch about a thousand different fabric shapes together, I definitely sort of, in my head, like get a little chunk of 50 and that's the ones I'm going to stitch this month or this season. Yeah, I think it can be really helpful to break it down a bit as well because if you're doing something like, I don't know, like a granny square quilt or something you just think okay I'll do one square today and you know don't overwhelm yourself but just give yourself like one piece at a time to do you think okay in my lunch break I can make a square and I think that can make it seem a bit less daunting I do too and I think there's something in what you were saying about if something really isn't coming and you're like really sort of having to struggle to get any progress with it I think putting it down and doing something either completely different or a different type of craft for a bit can be quite helpful when you come back to it with fresh eyes. Like I have young children and we have a toy, I do toy rotation. So I bring out different toys at different intervals and it's like they're brand new again. And in a way, I think my craft projects are a bit like that. I've got several knitting projects at different stages and quilt projects and I sort of cycle between them and they all make progress, but not in a linear way. I think that's a really good idea because I think sometimes you can get a bit tired of something or just a bit bored of it and just going away like okay I'm going to set this aside for however long sometimes it may be years in my case because <laughs> you did you say you haven't you haven't been doing much printmaking lately is that right yeah I imagine yeah that. well I think yes I haven't done much lately that's mainly been due to the fact that we have my nephews around so <laughs> four little boys age 10 and under and it's not compatible with printing at all because there's lots of messy stuff there are sharp tools you need to have space to put stuff out to dry so for so for me it was kind of a case of let's put this on the back burner for now um but now we've got the back things are a bit more back to normal and they're not in the same house as me anymore i can get back to doing it so i am kind of looking forward to having a bit of time to do that you did just make me laugh a bit inwardly because I was thinking, um, probably from their perspective, that's that you were like, oh, you know, it's no good for for to boys. There's loads of mess. There's loads of sharp tools. I was like, I bet this sounds like amazing to them. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you can do you can do printing with kids. I'm not ruling it out entirely, but it's probably better to stick to things like potato printing um, or using like using objects to print with. So like you can use leaves and that kind of stuff. A little bit safer because when I say sharp tools, they are very sharp. They are very sharp. <laughs> it, this this reminds me of what I think I was saying to you the other day, which was um about how I treat. There's this basically story of how I treated myself to this paint by numbers kit. And um, we have an article on the website that I found it on, and it's really lovely. It's like this William Morris style tree. And we've been talking a lot on the podcast and things about mental health. And I was like, I'm going to do a bit of painting, painting by numbers, like the easiest painting. And my five year old daughter found it. 
and ran in saying, mummy, mummy, um, oh, can we do the new paint set you brought me? And I was like, what new paint set did I buy you? And um, I was like, oh, that's sort of mummy's craft project. And my partner was like, challenged me on it and said, are you actually going to deny your daughter the chance to craft with you? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I have to let her now. <laughs> Oh, but then it, it'll probably end up for her being quite a nice memory of something that you did together. So there's that. I, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe you'll need to order yourself another one. I think that's the thing. And actually, he's quite right. It was really nice. We sat and did some painting together. It's just small children can be part of creative block. Definitely, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I think children have a different outlook on things as well. They see the fun in it, which yeah. I think I think as an adult, you can sometimes take crafting or art a little bit too seriously and you forget that it's meant to be fun do you know that was one of the things I was going to talk about today and um basically we've had some different comments haven't we and people starting to get in touch about how they found the podcast and there was a lovely quote which I thought tied in with the idea quite that quite often your block can be that you're trying to do something perfectly or or in your head with a certain idea of how it should be and someone sent this lovely quote in the feral stitcher messaged us and it was a tweet by um at book avid and she said destroy the idea that you have to be good at artistic things to enjoy them and that every hobby has to become something you are good at and you can monetize like this capitalist concept um but actually what did she say something like draw poorly write badly life is meant to be enjoyed not monetized you are not a product and i think sometimes we do sort of feel like we have to have a result from the thing we're making but the process of make if you can the key is to enjoy the making, basically. Yeah, that's a really lovely way of putting it. And I think a lot of it is about getting yourself in the right state of mind to do crafting or or being creative anyway. So I had quite a fun one. And so if for people who are listening who are into drawing, this is a really good one to do. You just want to free yourself up and use it maybe as a bit of a warm-up um, for when you're going to do something artistic or creative. And that's speed drawing. Oh, I did that at A-level. Yeah. So you, what you do is you basically set yourself um, like a timer, maybe to five minutes, and you draw a picture as fast as you can. And it can be whatever you like. It can be like a still life or something or a little character that you're drawing. And it basically frees you up because you stop caring about it being perfect. You care about it getting done. And so it just becomes a lot more free. Um, and the one I did in the class, it was with inks as well. Oh, really? Because I I did it as part of an illustration class. So we did ink drawing at speed. And I think she said, the teacher said, um, you can try as well making the times shorter and shorter. So you can then try like doing it in a minute (gasps) or 30 seconds. And it's, it's just a case of, I think it helps to get you out of the mindset of things being perfect and it makes you relax and you, you're a lot more instinctive that reminds that, me of the um have you seen the exercise that i think was quite popular with i don't know if it's the dadaists or the surrealists but um picasso and and people used to just draw but without looking at the, the line drawing but without looking at what you're drawing so a similar concept that you you're sort of just doing a very quick drawing but it's more about what's coming out of the creative process of what's coming out of your pencil, for example. And then when you, in, in that school of thought, when you looked at it, you would see all of these things in it, like the different images hidden within it or in your subconscious. 
I really love that. Yeah, that reminds me. I went to, I did a mindfulness workshop where they made you draw with your eyes shut. And they yes. were like, just let go, just mm. draw. I could not do it. I was, really? I, like, I, pe- I cheated. I peaked. Um, <laughs> did you? I, you cheated? I, did. I cheated, yeah. Because I couldn't let go of that control enough. I, I was like, no, if I'm drawing something, it's got to look like something. I can't just shut my eyes and draw. I'm shocked, so, Sarah. I don't think of you as a cheater. Well, I normally <laughs> wouldn't, but I thought in, in this case, it was that it's, I think it just makes it clear that it's a really hard instinct yeah. to overcome the instinct to want things to be right. And I think that illustrates it really well because I couldn't let go of that control. Yeah, that is, a, that's a, you're right. That's a really lovely example. And it, it's, it's, it is quite hard instinctively to, to not care about what you're doing. Um, another thing that I thought we could talk about was sometimes it's a bit similar, but sort of clearing out some of the distractions. And, um, before we did this, I researched famous people that have had creative block and there's, you know, all sorts of famous people, Beethoven, Tolstoy, Picasso. And, um, but on the flip side, there are examples of artists having real strong periods of creativity. And I was thinking of Taylor Swift in lockdown who produced two albums, famously produced two albums in the past year. And did you know that she went to a cabin in the woods to write them? Yeah, I've been admiring pictures of her cabin in the woods, actually. Oh, I sickening. I, yeah, I want to, to go there. But I, I quite like that thought. And I wondered if you could, obviously we can't all escape to a cabin in the woods to make a multi-million dollar uh, record. However, like you could apply it on a smaller scale and you could almost dedicate some time because I think a lot of the time we don't get around to making because our lives are so busy and we don't think it's in you, you possibly you know if you've got a busy job or childcare or whatever it is I think it's okay to sort of block out a little period of time or a little space that I'm, I'm going to plan this is my crafting time this is my making time and sort of clear the diary of distractions and 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 sort of say this is important to me I, it will be good for me in many ways yeah, I was actually thinking along similar lines because one thing you can do is almost make like a little ritual of it that you can, you're not just clearing the space in your diary, you're making it a special time as well. So, you know, making yourself a nice drink, maybe having a snack of something that you like, put on in some relaxing music or some music, some music that you really enjoy and, you know, just make it a bit more of a special time. Light a scented candle if that's your thing, you know. And actually make sure that when you do it, you do enjoy it. Yeah, sort of that idea of celebrating the sort of initiating the start of you going into a creative period. I use that. I know we think we might have mentioned this before, but I do have a little morning ritual where I go in the garden just for a couple of minutes and look around and breathe in the fresh air before I start work. And it's almost like a little demarker between the two different bits of my life. Yeah, actually, I have something that's really related to that. Oh. And so when I was looking for ideas for this, I came across um, this book. So it's called The Artist's Way, and it's by a lady called Julia Cameron. And it's basically, I would say it's a journaling method. Um, so it's basically a way of clearing your mind before you do whatever creative thing that you need to do. So she calls it morning pages because generally this is something you can do in the morning before you start your day of being creative. 
if if you've got the luxury of having that. <laughs> um, and she was saying that you just write three pages and it's basically like a stream of consciousness. Write whatever's on your mind, whatever you're worrying about, no matter how trivial you're thinking about, I don't know, picking up the kids later or things you need to get from the shop. You write all of that down and it basically is like clearing out your mind before you start. So she said um, she thinks they should really call, be called morning pages, as in M-O-U-R-N, because you should be saying goodbye to your life as it is and hello to the li- your life as it's going to be, which I think is really nice. It's saying goodbye, yeah. normal life. This is my creative time, which is really sweet. And she says you don't need to be creative in your writing when you're doing it. She said you can be whining, petty and grumpy. <laughs> Because she often is in the morning. So that's, that's sort of the um the the written equivalent of the exercise of doing a speed drawing, isn't it? Or, or drawing without yeah. looking. I mean, yeah, and absolutely I think everybody has their own way of doing it and there are ways to clear your head. But she describes it as um what you're writing are cloud thoughts that move through your consciousness. Cloud thoughts. Cloud thoughts. They're you- they're temporary and then they're gone. Uh, you can't see this if you're listening, but Sarah's looking really happy with the term cloud thoughts right now. <laughs> She's I, like, I, I can tell when, you, when you're quite tickled by something. <laughs> I just think it's a beautiful way of explaining it because these are temporary thoughts and they're just in the way for now. And you just let them drift away and then you can be creative. I, I wish that all thoughts could be so easily handled, but I do. I really like, the th- I really like that concept. Um, yeah, I've and just... of, and journaling, I think, is quite useful anyway. You don't have to do it in that way. Some people might find it useful to keep a scrapbook. There's, I think scrapbooking yeah. is, is sometimes seen as a bit old-fashioned now, but it's a great way of collecting your thoughts and ideas in a physical way. Because I think sometimes if you're on Pinterest and, and or Instagram and you're saving stuff or you're pinning it, you might not necessarily come back and look at it. But I, I have... think... If, I think I always feel that if you've made a bit more of an effort to like either print something out or cut something from a magazine, then maybe it's something a bit more tangible. Yeah, I, I tend to collect. When I, when I studied art, I would always have, you, you would sort of make workbooks with sort of physical. I mean, it was a few years ago <clears throat> now, so possibly before Pinterest. Um, but Pinterest and Instagram are really digital versions of that, the same ethos, aren't they, that you're basically going around and collecting ideas from different places that ultimately will feed into the things you want to make and inspire you to make something. Because we did wonder, didn't we, whether we would call this theme for today's podcast, make it about creative block or about finding inspiration? Because I think the two things overlap, don't they? Sort of. Yeah, I think there is. Yeah, I think there is a bit of that. Um, Because one thing I really like to use Pinterest for in particular is finding color palettes yes because you get a lot of people on there who will take a photo or find a photo of something they like and then they'll pull out say five colors from that picture and you could easily collect those and then use that as a basis for whatever it whatever it is you want to create whether you want to find colors for a blanket or you know, find a colour palette for a quilt. I think it's really, mm. it's a really clever way to do it. And it means you don't have to think them up for yourself, which yeah. which can be, a, it can be difficult if you don't know a lot about what colours work well together. Actually, not thinking for yourself was one of the um, things I was going to suggest we have a chat about today, which was 
when you get that point, you know, you were saying earlier about that getting blocked on a project and you're like, it's, it's just a bit difficult and I'm not enjoying it. I thought a nice thing to do is switch it up and do a little intermediate project that's like a real, like, I, 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 I want to use the phrase no-brainer, but that's not quite right. But basically it's something that's a very easy make. So, for example, my painting by numbers, some cross-stitch, smaller cross-stitch designs would be quite a nice example where you, you can, again, it's almost like the stitchy equivalent of just just sketch. You know, you can just follow a pattern and be making but not necessarily like a complex knitting lace pattern or something that's really complex. Just it, but it means you can sort of restart your process of making, but in a way that's not too neurological. Neurological? You know what I mean? <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Or am I just rambling? <laughs> no, I know what you mean. You, you want something that doesn't require too much conscious thought that you can do a little bit on automatic, that you're, you're not having to worry too much about counting or technique as such that you're just doing it yeah because I strongly think that our energy levels do ebb and flow don't they you know day by day or at different phases of life so it would make sense that different types of craft project would suit you during those different um seasons or times periods of your energy yeah it's interesting that you're you're talking about energy because I was reading a book recently um it's called wintering it's by Catherine May so it is a, a quite a well-being book, but in it she talks about how there are times in your life when you slow down. Say it might be for reasons outside your control. It could be that you've been ill or you're out of work or you're in a gap between two jobs, for example, and everything is slower. And you kind of have to accept that your life has slowed down and perhaps your focus is not necessarily work, but it could be on family or other things in your life and it's like a a, I guess the best way I would describe it is like a period of slowing down or retreating from the world and I'm sure our creativity ebbs and flows in ebbs and flows in exactly that way Mm. that you have your times when you're I mean I think we all have times when you've got loads of ideas you've got too many things to make and you don't have time to try everything that you want to and then there are also times where you're just like well I don't feel like doing anything much. Yeah, and I think it's important to listen to, listen to your body and your energy levels and sort of not fu- not fight it too much sometimes. It's okay to have rest periods. Um, it sort of ties in with the experience we've all had of lockdown as well, doesn't it really? Because it has been a, such an unprecedented time for us all that we've been living in the past year, nearly a year, isn't it, at the time we're recording. And I think it's really interesting how some people have had a really productive lockdown and then other people, you see, you know, you see the sort of comedy memes about it, don't you? Like, what, I haven't learned a language, I haven't done this, I'm actually just really lethargic and worn down because lockdown doesn't necessarily mean that everyone has, is at home with nothing to do. It can be quite the opposite. But it's certainly been a time where we've had less distraction, less external distractions, I suppose. Yeah, I think... I think personally, I veer between one and the other. Me but too. I know, <laughs> but I know for a lot of people, it's been a time where they've not felt motivated. And that, that's what really hit home to me in that book I was talking about, Wintering, is that mm. you, it's the acceptance that there are times in your life that are going to be quieter. And I think a lot of people are in an enforced quiet period, whether they like it or not. And it can be quite hard to deal with. But you know, you have to accept that your creativity 
at some point will come back. And maybe it means that you need to do something different for now. Like for me, I've been spending a bit more time doing painting than I normally would. Mm. And also more time baking, making bread, bread in particular. Mm. And I think it's just a case of, well, I'm still being creative, but not in the way that I normally would be. I'm quite sad that your bread phase hasn't coincided with us working in, in the same place together physically so you could bring in the bread. <laughs> I know, it's, it's disappointing. I made some cinnamon buns and they were really nice. I know, and you're really far away. And uh, another Hannah on our team, she's always making like really ridiculous baking stuff, like lovely, quite, I think she's also made cinnamon buns. And then she'll share pictures of it and I'm like, oh, if we were all in the office together, <laughs> I'd get yeah. to eat this. I think that's Maybe. another thing. I think actually that's another thing a lot of people are missing in terms of creativity is that it's so much fun to bounce ideas off people and to show them what you've mm. made. And I think sometimes just showing somebody a picture doesn't really cut it. You want to be able to chat about just random stuff and show them what you've been up to, really. And I think that is perhaps also contributing to people not feeling very creative right now. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. I think... Um... I found it fascinating that I, I actually have had probably one of the most I've been crafting more than normal during lockdown, but I've been reading less. And maybe that's the same. Normally I read a lot of books, but I have like, again, ebbs and flows in how much I read. And I am stuck on a book at the moment, which isn't helping. But equally, I'm sewing so many different things and I'm knitting and I'm doing a lot of crafts with the kids. And I, I don't think I've had a pro this productive a phase of crafting for years. And yet I'm not reading anything. Isn't that strange? Yeah. It's strange, maybe the reading will come back. But mm. in terms of the crafting side of things, I do think that we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't feel guilty if we want to throw the thing away and don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. I think sometimes it's okay to say, do you know what, I'm not enjoying this project. It's okay to give up things. Like I tried to read the book, you know, Les Mis. Yeah. I made it to chapter 10 and I gave it up and I don't regret that decision. <laughs> Oh, I still need to take your advice. I'm still struggling with this. Basically, I'm reading a book called The Luminaires. If you're listening and you love The Luminaires, please can you get in touch and tell me why you loved it and why I should persevere? I just can't get into it. Is it the book or is it me? Don't know. But there's no shame in giving it up. <laughs> I know we're saying that and advising it of everyone, but I'm really struggling to give it up. It's, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? There's the theory and then the practice. Yeah. I mean, get, getting back to creative things, yes. I think I think sometimes actually what can help is having a bit of order. So Ooh. my sister, who is a long, long way away, in fact, she's in Ireland, nowhere near. Um, she has been ob obviously quite isolated, as a lot of us have been. And one thing she's been doing is she got one of these um, 365 painting prompt books, which I think... <laughs> one of her friends gave her as a birthday present and she has been taking great pleasure in just working through one a day and I think that's really useful I don't think there are really any I haven't heard of any craft books that are similar but if they exist I'd really like to know about them ones where they give you a prompt or something to get you to do a different thing each day to motivate you it does seem to be something yeah. that maybe artists do more but I think that sounds lovely. My daughter's got a drawing a day book that I really like. <laughs> it is her book. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I wonder if you can get them for adults. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes having an external idea or prompt that somebody else gives you can be 
really helpful. I know there's things you can also do like challenges on Instagram. Mm. Um, you know, like Ink Inktober is one that I quite like. Yeah, I like in Inktober. And I also quite like a community. Like I love that with Instagram that you can have craft alongs and quilt alongs and sort of make make a social thing out of, of a commu- community project that you're all making along each stage together and share what you're making. Yeah. That could be another way to have that sort of interaction with others about what you're doing, that connection. Yeah, yeah or, you know, set up a WhatsApp group with friends who craft and share your pictures on there. Because I think sometimes people can get a bit tired of doing all the video calls. It can be a bit exhausting. Yeah. So, you know, just have a regular exchanging of ideas on you know by a messenger or or something like that you know it can give you a bit of motivation yeah I I do think I like to think of of all those of us who craft in whichever format as as being sort of one big one big club really because I do find if you meet someone like-minded and you show them that you've made something it doesn't really matter what the format is they really appreciate it in a different way like even we went around to some friends in the days where you could go around to friends uh <laughs> last year and my friend's husband was showing me he's got like um basically a woodwork shed and she was like oh it's, it's his shed and I went in and it was this most beautiful like he had pegboards all these tools out he was showing me all these things he'd crafted and I just think it's this instant rapport you have with someone when you show them that you've crafted something and they get they get it and they appreciate it yeah and I think it's also the reaction when you show somebody something that they get so excited to go, oh, you've made that. I love it. Yeah. I think, I think we've, we're missing that a bit at the moment, or at least I am. But missing that in many things at the moment. <laughs> I mean, we can make a whole list of all the things that we're missing. <laughs> Not, yeah, we'll, we'll see for how much longer. But um, I think that's why I've enjoyed crafting in lockdown, actually, because it has been something that has been very accessible from home. Yeah. And I think actually what would be really nice if people are listening to this and they've got their own tips for getting around mm. creative block or telling us what's helped them, that would be really nice if if they could send that in. Um, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you just search for Gathered, you'll find us. Yeah, we would love to know what your experience listening has been of this. Like, is it just us that, you know, do you also have that experience of having periods of life whether it's years or days where you're not as productive as others, what works for you. Um, yeah. Although I have yeah. to say I'm quite excited about the return of Grayson's Art Club. When is that coming back? Uh, it's back this, well, the week that we're recording. It Imminently. is back this week. <laughs> Imminently, yes. I know. And I would say also the throwdown, the pottery throwdown has been a, a lovely little slice of crafty TV during this yeah. winter lockdown. I think we're actually quite lucky that there are now these crafty programs. Actually, one on my list to watch is there's one on Netflix about glass blowing. Is I think there? It's called, yeah, I think it's called Blown Away. No. Yes. This is good news. Yeah. And I'd actually also recommend the, I think it's called The Big Flower Fight. What is on, The Big Flower Fight? It's a Netflix program which is competing florists and they make crazy huge floral creations it's a lot of fun like cake boss but with flowers yeah and it, it's, it's kind of similar to um to things like bake-off where they've got like weekly challenges that they do and it they are 
big in scale. They are not small. Okay, I'm going to be, after we finish recording this, I'm going to go and find all of these programs and stop crafting and watch these instead. Yeah, Um, and I think actually that probably brings us on to our our one good things. Oh, should we? Yeah, should we do those? Let's do it. Yeah. So what's your one good thing this week, Zoe? Uh, My one good thing this week is, I'm very excited about this actually. It's been really pleasing. So I finished my beanbag and I mentioned on an earlier podcast that I was making this beanbag that we've got the project, the pattern for it on Gathered. And I initially wanted to make a really stylish one and I was going to knit this chunky knit cover for it and it was going to be like really nice addition to my home. And then my daughter and my son and daughter found out that I was making beanbags and they basically talked me into buying loads of My Little Pony and my Super Mario fabric. So <laughs> they've become beanbags but it's not just making the beanbag that I really enjoyed because it was a bit more technically difficult than something I would usually sew um it's a patchwork beanbag but it it was just a bit more tricky in places although I managed it but filling the beanbag I kid you not has been a highlight of lockdown so me and the kids we put it on the on the floor in the kitchen and I had all these beanbag balls that a friend was getting rid of that's what started this all off and we basically spent half an hour just funneling beans into this beanbag. It entertained them. Like, we were all loving it. There's complete chaos. They just spilled everywhere. We had a big funnel. But it was really fun. And it looks really good. So I finished the My Little Pony one. And the Super Mario one is to follow. Oh, that sounds really fun. <laughs> uh, so not just sewing the beanbag, but definitely filling it. I would recommend it. <laughs> so I think my one good thing is actually... It's not something specific to this week. It's something that makes me happy all the time. Not quite all the time, but a lot of the time, which is the musical Hamilton. Yeah, I know of your love of Hamilton. I, I, am, <laughs> I am so obsessed with it. I'm so obsessed with it that um, my Spotify account in 2019 gave me the figures and I listened to it for 87 hours in that year. Do you sing along? Yes. Loudly. <laughs> Yes, I do sing along. And in fact, I I think with the pandemic, I've kind of forgotten how to be around people a bit because <laughs> I started singing it while I go for my walks. <laughs> and the the other day I was going for a walk and there was a guy and he was putting out his bins and he definitely heard me. Yeah. Um, he definitely heard me singing along. And I, I feel like I should have brazened it out and just carried on singing, but I didn't. I just pretended that I was reading something on my phone. <laughs> But, I was I was hoping you were going to say you stopped and apologised. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was just singing. <laughs> I wasn't going to apologise because I thought I I actually was doing quite a good job. <laughs> but but I was. It just made me think like I am so used to singing around the house. I don't know that I'm going to adapt back to back to office life. I, I can I be rehabilitated? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think when, when we do get to work in the same place again, I think you should just sing Hamilton around the place. don't think anyone will mind. Yeah. Well, I think my, my obsession has been increased as well by the fact that it's now on, um, on Disney+. Plus, So you can watch the original cast with Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote it, starred in it. Um, and it's, it is amazing. And I mean, for people who don't know what it's about, it's a musical about one of America's founding fathers who before the musical came out was, I guess, kind of forgotten. So everybody hears about Washington, Jefferson, all these people, but nobody knew a lot about Hamilton. 
and it's just an epic story of his life. It's really good. And all the songs are so catchy, all of them. Okay, I really have to watch Hamilton. It's interesting because I've heard of it so much because it has fa- it has fans like you, like people that love Hamilton really love Hamilton, you know. It's, they, you know, they listen to it constantly. And, and I keep hearing these rave reviews and I like a good musical. So I think it's going to, yeah, be fun. Or you could just sing it to me. I could just, I could do a rendition. <laughs> I could do a rendition of the whole, the whole thing. I tend to do it and then do like all the parts, which doesn't really work, but I enjoy it. <laughs> this is very pleasing to me that you said this. Also that you, that you sing when you're out and about, because I actually sing out loud when I'm going for runs. So it's not yeah. just you. No, no. And because I'm in the countryside at the moment, most of the time I can get away with it because there's nobody <laughs> around. <laughs> Until there is. Um, oh, that's a great one, good thing. Yeah, it makes me very happy. And what can I say? I think it might make other people happy as well. <laughs> Try it at home if you haven't. <laughs> yeah. So that. Uh, so next, I guess we need to talk about our projects of the week. What's yours this week? Uh, mine this week, I'm really... Can't wait to start this one. We have just published on Gather. We're we're a little bit late to the party with it, but we're not sorry because we really love it. We've got a um a pattern to make your own Bernie crochet your own Bernie Sanders mittens. So I know, I know, most of the memes have now faded. However, I, I do think it will be the craft internet sensation of 2021. And uh, now you can crochet your own. So simply crochet have arranged for it, and we've featured it on Gathered. There's a free pattern. I think it's designed by Becky Scoose. And yeah, I'm going to make my own iconic Bernie Sanders mittens. I feel like if you do that, you have to take a picture of yourself as Bernie. In a um, chair. With a, with a big <laughs> jacket on, looking cold and miserable. Yes. Uh, I don't know if we can copyright. I don't think we've called them Bernie Sanders mittens because obviously the original mittens um, were actually made by a lady, I can't remember her name, in Vermont, weren't they? Um, a local primary school teacher from Recycled Yarn. Um, anyway, but the lady, she got like 18,000 orders for them afterwards. But now well, yeah. she can't possibly keep up with that. So <laughs> do you want to crochet your own? Head over to Gathered. Yeah. yeah, we're helping her out, really. So I just think it's a lovely project. So obviously going into spring, I'm now making a massively winter cosy project because I'm out of sync. Uh, what about you? Yeah, mine, I think, is a bit more summery. So... We've started putting more arty kind of projects on the website now. And one that I really like are Gemma Bursnell's painted plant pots. So basically what these are, they're they're recycled tins and they're painted with just these really lovely, vibrant acrylic patterns. They look really cheerful and I think they would just brighten up. They would just brighten up anywhere you choose to put them. I think... Did um our, I think our publisher Charlotte's making those? Did she tell you? Oh, is she? Yeah, she's yeah. such a she's such a crafter. We've completely converted her now. She's one of yeah, us. Yeah, we we did used to actually have these plant pots sitting right next to my desk, and I really liked looking at them every day. So I think I'm I might make my own at some point. Maybe yeah, for, maybe maybe when we're back in the office. They're a lovely, cheerful project, aren't they? And good for upcycling. Yeah, they are. I would say they are quite summery. They do look summery, but I think even in the winter, having a bit of a splash of colour is quite nice. Um, and it's also a good one that you could let the kids loose on as well. If you're not happy to let them loose on your lino cutting supplies. Well, they're not touching the <laughs> lino. <laughs> oh, 
right. Well, that was a that was our podcast on creative block. Yeah, I hope that you found it useful and got some inspiration from it for crafting or whatever other arty things that you happen to be doing. Yeah, and if it resonates and if you've got your own tips, do remember to send them our way. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you've got any tips or comments for beating Creative Block that you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just look for Gathered. And don't forget, you can find lots of craft projects and creative inspiration over on our website, gathered.how.com.